And the scariest thing is when you're consuming that type of content, but you're not even aware of it. So you're just doing it so frequently and it's starting to build these negative um, thought patterns or these negative habits, but you're not actually aware of it. So uh, one great thing to do is just sometimes like audit in with yourself and, and check in with, you know, what type of content am I consuming? Uh, what type of conversations am I having? What type of music or podcasts am I listening to? Welcome to the All In Podcast. My name is Natalie Allport, and I have the honor of being your host here today. Today, we have Sohel Var. He is a soccer player on the road, on the journey to becoming pro. He's had a crazy past year with an explosion on social media through sharing his journey of his road to pro. And in this conversation, we talk exactly that about his journey. We go back to the start, how he has an unlikely journey to pro growing up in Austria and then Canada, what it's like now playing overseas in Spain, what his experience was like in 2021, sharing that journey publicly. We dive deep into content creation for athletes and why it has helped him stay accountable to his goals through documenting the whole process of trying to achieve his goal. We talk about how your environment, including the content you consume, can really affect your mindset in a positive or negative manner. We talk about injury recovery. We talk about his mindset overcoming some setbacks, as well as building the belief that he could accomplish this goal. We talk about what's to come, his game changer habits, day in the life. We go all in. So without further ado, let's do just that. Let's go all in. Welcome to the cool. podcast. How's it going? It's going good, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so you just got back to Canada, like you said, just a few days ago and just spending the holidays at home. So, like, fill us in on what you're up to, like, playing overseas. How's it been? Yeah, so it's been a crazy last couple of months. I was in Canada earlier this year uh, in lockdown like everybody else, and I was also dealing with a couple injuries. Uh, but then finally, when all that was over with and I got recovered, I made the trip to go over to Spain to try and sign a professional contract. So that was over in July. And right around that time, uh, I actually came down with patellar tendonitis too, which was terrible. But anyways, I kept going through it. I went to a showcase. Uh, that showcase led to a trial opportunity with a club. Uh, and then that went downhill. I kept trying to make it happen for a couple more weeks. Finally signed with a team in the lower leagues. And then I've been playing there ever since. Um, and also documenting my journey on social media to help other people out and show them that whole process of trying to make it. And yeah, so now it's been half a season in Spain and there's a winter break now. So came back to Canada for Christmas, spending some time with the family. Awesome. I, I love that. Like I've been, I've been really enjoying following your journey and obviously tons of people have been as well, especially on TikTok. like your platform has really grown. And I think like you do such a good job at authentically sharing your journey, like the highs, the lows behind the scenes, getting like super niche into even soccer um, and just showing people. Cause I, I, I soccer is people forget. I mean, I call it soccer, but football, <laughs> I, I assume I, you probably have people here in Canada who might call it soccer. And then in Spain, I'm sure they call it football um but it's like it's 
the most popular sport globally. And I think people forget that like here, you know, we're like, Oh, hockey, like let's see behind the scenes of someone playing hockey, but you've obviously been able to kind of amass a a global following um, through people having that shared dream of either, you know, going professional in soccer or they've kind of got past that stage, but they're reliving it and like wanting to see behind the scenes. I think it's really cool um, what you're doing. And I, I would love to know like what inspired you to share that whole journey. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I've always had the dream of making it to the professional level. So this, I've been going at it for a couple of years now. This year only, I started the whole 365 days to try and sign a pro contract. But I've been going at it for a couple of years. And um, I remember a couple of years back, I would I would watch like YouTube videos. And there was this guy on YouTube who I would document his journey to uh becoming a pro and like what that looks like. And his name is Matt Sheldon, become elite. Um, a lot of football guys watching, soccer guys watching will know who he is. Uh, there's a couple other people in this space similar to him too, but I would, I would watch his videos and um, it, was, it was very inspiring to see that whole process. So uh, one day I just decided, hey, let's share my own journey because everybody has their own journey and it's gonna be different. And yeah, I started up with it a couple of years ago. I started up with vlogs for a little bit, but then I, I just decided to stop because school got so hectic. And so then I really to make a whole YouTube vlog. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And um, and then this year I, I really went I, I went all in, I guess, with the content. And yeah, but that that is what really inspired me, like that combination of like my own personal dream and then uh, seeing how much it inspired other people when when somebody else did something similar does do you find that it like almost holds you accountable as well because i've i've been finding that with my own journey like documenting my shoulder rehab and stuff that like the comments i get i'm like that makes me accountable to like taking my own advice and like doing these things and really sticking to it because i want to show people the journey not that like yeah. i just gave up or something do you find that this year was big for me because i've been going at this for a couple of years which people just tune into this year. They think it's just been a one-year thing. But this year, I really wanted to put it out there because of that accountability too. I told myself, if I put it out there, then I'm going to have that accountability check from everybody tuning in to make sure that you know I'm staying persistent, that I'm doing my training, that I don't give up. Like Everything that comes along with what I set out to do at the beginning. And that accountability has been huge for me. Like it gives you that motivation when things, you know, aren't going so well. It reminds you why you started. And there's also always that support. You feel like you have that support when things go downhill or when you're going through a failure. So uh, accountability has been huge. And um, it's a big reason why I will and am committing to continuing and making sure I accomplish this big goal I have. I love that. That's so awesome. And I'm sure it's helping other people like hold themselves accountable too through the inspiration, like the motivation and like the actionable tips that you, you post for anybody, like whether they play soccer or they just need help with like their mindset or they have another dream, maybe it's to start a business, whatever it is. I think it's, it's so helpful, but I think what's really cool is like everything that you just shared could be helpful for someone who's an athlete and like nervous about putting themselves out there. And they're thinking it might take away from maybe their playing or their training, but there's a way like the way that you do it, that seems to be really complimentary where you're creating around what you're doing. And it's almost 
like helping you, like you said, stay accountable to, to doing those things more because your content is your training. It's your practice. It's your mindset. So you have to like live and breathe that to put it out there. Yeah. 100% agree. There is. So a lot of people, they, they comment saying like, you should focus more on football, focus (laughs) more on training, focus more on that. Uh, But this hold like that always comes first but you have you have 24 hours in a day right so it's all about how you decide to use your free time and um, creating content is a great way to create that accountability that we just talked about which actually helps me do everything else it helps me make sure I'm consistent with my training it helps develop my mindset it helps uh, you know create a support system around you that's super important for athletes too I think a lot of us going on this journey, whatever it might be, pro, semi-pro, college, just competitive, or even just for fun, um, it's so important to have uh, an environment around you and have a support system around you. And um, that's been huge, creating content and creating other people that I can connect to on social media has been awesome. So it definitely helps with accountability. And then there's also so many other opportunities that come through content creation. So it's, it's really been great over the last couple of months. I love that you mentioned like connection and opportunities because that's exactly where I wanted to uh, take the next question, which is that it seems like apart from the accountability part, it's also really opened up some doors. And I think the level that you're at, like trying to make it pro, that's that's the hardest point for any athlete, because as a kid, you're kind of supported maybe by your family or whatever um, you're playing. And then all of a sudden you get to this point where you're having to pay like big dollars to travel, to try to get trials, to do all these things, but you're not necessarily, you know, getting paid big money money from the clubs because you don't have that huge contract yet. Um, and that's where a lot of athletes really fall off. But it seems for you, because you've built that journey up with social media, you've been able to create some connections, whether that's getting trials or, or connections with agents, but also some stuff with with brand deals and having a following that can really help you get to that next level. Yeah, exactly. So there's so many different opportunities, like you said, brand deal sponsorships, uh, any of that you do it always helps like fund the dream and fund your next move. Um, I, the showcase that I actually went to this summer, I, they invited me out, they paid for everything because of the content that I produced. So that was amazing. That's a big, that's a big investment for uh, the typical athlete. And then also, um, you know, as September, October went on, I got invited out to events and I, I would go out to these events and I started meeting these very you know, big people in the football space and they had connections to agents, to different clubs, to different business opportunities and, and that kept piling up. So I think content is such a great way to, it, it's almost like it builds a path to be able to connect with people of all sorts and you never know what one connection could lead to. So um, it's it's really been big in terms of opening up opportunities. That's awesome. Do you have any tips for like a young athlete or any athlete really who wants to start creating content around what they do? Yes. So easiest thing to do is just to do- create content that documents the process of whatever you're trying to do. So whether you're trying to go pro or you are on your competitive team and you just enjoy the, the sport, you can start documenting your trainings, you can start documenting what you eat, you can document the, the progress of your season. And it's as easy as just if you go to training, uh, you block out maybe five, 10 minutes, you film a couple of clips of your training session, and then you post that. 
And that saves a lot of time and energy in the sense of like, you don't need to really be thinking about content and getting too creative with it. So that's a great step one is just documenting what you're doing. You're just showing what you're doing to other people. And then, you know, once you do that for a while, you get into the whole content space and you, you practice a bit more and then you can get creative with different ideas and, you know, you can brainstorm on what tips to provide. You can uh, brainstorm on, you know, different strategies to do something. Uh, but I think a great place to start is just to document whatever you're doing and just to show the process. I, I love that you said that. And I love that you said like, start with just documenting it out and then you can get more creative afterwards. Because I think that's a big block for people is that they think they need to like create these crazy ideas that nobody's done before um, to start. But it's like, no, like, especially as an athlete or anyone, maybe they want to start a business or whatever. You're doing something that a lot of people aren't doing, but many people are interested in whether they want to do it themselves or they're just genuinely interested in doing like, there's a reason why people watch so many, you know, sports on TV and they have high viewership. It's in the entertainment industry and people want to see what goes on behind the scenes and there's not a lot of athletes documenting that behind the scenes and so it's a big opportunity for people but I think a lot of people think oh it's boring you know I'm not the highest level yet but that's actually yeah. the interesting part is to take people on a journey it's why we love storytelling so much as as human beings yes and so many more people can connect to you as you're on the rise to trying to achieve something I think the you know we always get to see the the best of the best um, that's when they have all, you know, all the media companies come out, you, they have all the biggest films and the videos, but no, nobody really gets to see the process of, of going from where everybody is really to trying to make it to the top. So if you can fill people in on that process, uh, that's a really special thing to do because a lot of people can relate to that type of content where, you know, if you're looking at someone who's at the top, yes, super inspirational, motivational, but sometimes there's a big gap from where you are currently to where that person is. So I think filling that space is, is super, can be super valuable to people. And it can be something as simple as just, documenting you know what you're doing and showcasing your process of being down here and then trying to work your way up to the top wherever that leads you i i love that and i relate to that so much i think that's so awesome so really appreciate that you're putting your journey out there and helping so many people and now i want to go back to like the start of your journey like what was growing up like in canada and playing soccer yeah. um what was that whole process like so i was actually born in austria okay. in vienna so I was born there. I had my first couple of years there. And then at around nine or so, I made the, my family made the transition to come to Canada. And right at that time, I remember we were on a ski trip, uh, like a school ski trip in Austria. And the last hill of the day, I broke my leg coming down. <laughs> so I broke my leg. I was in a cast. We make the move over to Canada. I'm just on crutches. Uh, I don't speak English. Uh, so my first couple of years, we're just trying to integrate and also learn English, learn French. So football and soccer was not part of that at all. And then towards the end of uh, middle school, so that start, like the start to Canada was just myself, my family, just really trying to integrate into a new culture. Uh, but then towards the end of middle school, uh, I remember I started playing recreational soccer. So that's like the lowest level. Uh, you're playing like one game a week. And then after transitioning into high school, I made the jump up to the lowest level of competitive. So it got a bit more serious, practicing two, three times a week. And, and of course, here I'm, I'm a bit more focused on like the football, soccer side. So high school goes on and I try and work my way up. 
Uh, but it's always hard when you missed so much of your youth development at a high level. But I kept going, and then coming out of high school, I was able to secure the last spot on Carleton University soccer team. Uh, so that was the only next move I really knew because education was a big part of like our family values, and then also I really wanted to pursue soccer, so that seemed to be the next step. And then I went there. Uh, first year didn't go too well. Um, didn't get played much. I worked really hard in off season. And then second year coming in, I was super excited. But unfortunately, one day before the season started, I was released from the team. So I was cut yeah. from the team, and that was super super uh, difficult. But um, I eventually, you know, after a couple months, I got back into trying to make this dream happen. And there was a lot that went into the next two to three years, two to three four years after that. But it was just a lot of trying and failing, trying and failing, and then that took me to 2021, where I really started to share this journey um, a lot more with people, and it started to pick up. So that's what brought me here. <laughs> that's that's so cool. I love that your your story isn't traditional. It's not like you played the highest level growing up. You're you know you're going. Maybe you had one one big setback and go. It seems to be you yeah. know a lot of setbacks. There was also that belief that you had to have had to keep trying to move up in the ranking. So I'd love to know like what what was your mindset like to keep you bouncing back from all of those setbacks? And what was your mindset like to keep that belief when you were like, I want to get to the highest level, even though I'm so far behind, I haven't started as early as other people. So I think early on a big help was environment. So there were times where that belief wasn't there. Like I would actually have a lot of moments where I thought about giving up and I thought about just putting it off to the side and um, I think what helped in those moments was a combination of environment and also inspiration. So environment, like the people that were around me, um, they kept going or they were doing something that uh, would would get me to to not quit and keep pushing on. And also I would be inspired by just other people in the space. So I would watch successful people in the space and that inspired me to keep going. That was early on. And then I think around 2019, I really got into reading books and listening to podcasts and that completely um, evolved my mindset. So I started learning new perspectives and taking on new ideas and that helped build a lot more uh, resilience and just to keep pushing on. But even, you know, when I had that, there were still a lot of moments where uh, belief was low. Uh, but now, like more 2021, uh, for me, it's more about... It's like practicing the self-belief. I think it's a practice. You need to like do a lot of positive self-talk and you need to practice believing in yourself, reminding yourself that it's possible, reminding yourself that you're putting in the work to get closer to your goals. And then also it ha it's the whole accountability thing that you know now I'm sharing my journey. So it's built up this belief that um, it's almost like I have to go and achieve it in a positive way. I have to go and achieve it and that having to go and achieve this big goal that I put out there to thousands and millions of people is helping me believe in myself. So it's, it's a combination of those two things. I love it. I, I think environment is so important as well as having some inspiration or motivation. I know a lot of people say like motivation is, is short term. It doesn't last, but having those yeah 
like tips and tricks that you can tap into in those tough moments, I think is important. Like the Ted Lasso, like believe sign, like those types of things. So what, what kind of books, like, would you recommend to other people and what type of tips and tricks, if anything, like whether that's quotes or wallpapers or anything that you, you use to kind of get through those moments? Yeah. So books that I would recommend, I, so I'll go into categories, um, anything around self-development and high performance, I'm a big fan of. So I would like any of those books are huge in terms of, like tools that I use. I, I do a lot of journaling. So that really helps me practice that self-belief and helps me practice setting positive intentions to keep going. And then I also do some visualization and I do positive self-talk. So those are two big mental tools for me to make sure my mind is in the right place uh, as, as often as possible. It's, it's never ever going to be perfect and you're going to have those down days and the down moments, but just the practice and having that routine, it helps keep your mindset in the best possible state. And for me, um, a lot of that inspiration and motivation also lately has come from watching people in the space who are doing it at the highest level. Personally, I've really gotten into the UFC. So I've been watching <laughs> UFC fighters and I, I watch their like documentaries and they're behind the scenes of how they train, how they uh, train their mindset, um, you know, what their lifestyle is like. And I'm like, you know, that is super, super inspirational. I can get to that level. That's what I need to be doing. So finding people um, within your interests, I would say, that inspire you and that you can look up to and say, wow, like that level of training, that level of mindset, that level of whatever it is, I really want to get there. And if you frequently watch that type of content or remind yourself of that type of content or listen to podcasts, whatever that might be for you, uh, it's a great way to just frequently be inspired and motivated to keep chasing down that big goal that you have. I think that's so important because we think that our environment is maybe like our family, our friends, but it's also like what we consume. And if we're listening to music, that's just like not putting good messages in our head all the time, or is like, you know, super sad music. It just kind of makes us feel super sad all the time. Or maybe it's, yeah, watching videos or seeing even content that's negative. Like, you know, the, hmm. there's a lot of content that there's motivational content and then there's content that kind of, uh, I don't know how to like, put it but you know it's kind of like it it promotes like it, it just makes fun of like maybe not having like the best mindset or whatever but it's mm -hmm. like it makes it kind of normal it's like the kind of things that you send to your friend and you're like oh yeah I just want to do this and and not like go to work or not do this and I'm like that's funny like it's super relatable but at the same time if that's the only thing that you send with your friends then that becomes the norm versus like holding each other to like a different standard of hey you have this goal like let's go for the run this morning if you want to achieve that or let's do this versus sending like the meme about, you know, waking up at noon and getting Starbucks every day and then doing this or whatever it is. And the scariest thing is when you're consuming that type of content, but you're not even aware of it. So you're just doing it so frequently and it's starting to build these negative um, thought patterns or these negative habits, but you're not actually aware of it. So a one great thing to do is just sometimes like audit in with yourself and and check in with you know what type of content am i consuming uh, what type of conversations am i having what type of music or podcasts am i listening to so just doing a quick audit sometimes can help you be like okay this part of 
what I'm listening to or consuming isn't that helpful. Let's maybe try and replace it with something else. And, you know, once you have that awareness piece, you can really start to craft in, um, you know, audio, video, conversations that are a lot more positive because that is really what crafts your mindset. Yes, the people around you are super important, but in, in a 2021, 2022 world, uh, it's, it's also a lot of what comes in to your uh, mind and our phones have a lot to do with that. So make sure you audit that content and make sure it supports you and being who you want to be. I, I love that because all I was thinking was like, that's probably the biggest tip for 2022 is, you know, people don't necessarily need to let me add like every single habit that this person does or whatever, but it's just like auditing. What are you currently doing? Mm. And what are some of those you spend three hours a day listening to music and it's not contributing to a positive mindset. Could you just switch that into something else rather than, you know, trying to cram a bunch of more time into your day? There's just some, some things that you can switch out, maybe remove some of the negative things that are holding you back. So I would, I would say that's like a big tip for people in, in 2022 is, you know, don't, don't feel like you need to do like some crazy challenge maybe, or whatever it is. I mean, for sure do that if you want to, but you know, audit what, what already is going on in your life and how you can make little improvements to that. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think that's something everybody should be doing. Yeah, love it. Um, talking about injuries, I know when you went to that that showcase, you you said you had a patellar uh, tendonitis. Um, walk me through some of that process of coming back from injuries and also fighting through it. Cause I know, you know, uh, like as an athlete, there's times where you have to pull back and like, let me take the long road to recovering. I don't want to hurt it again. Then there's times where like, this is your one opportunity and you have to fight through it. And it seems like you kind of went through that process. Yeah. So I've had, uh, I've had a couple injuries in the years, but this summer was, a big one because it took place right at the time of the showcase, which was terrible. Uh, but what happened was about three, four weeks before the showcase, I got into a tackle in training and that led to patellar tendonitis. So I was out for maybe two, three weeks completely. And then that final week was just doing as much of a rebuild as possible leading up to the showcase. And I told myself mentally, okay, the showcase is five days. If it starts hurting on Thursday or Friday, I'll be fine. You know, one, two days at the end of the week, but I actually should go there and then in Madrid, Spain, uh, there were two sessions a day training in the morning and then games uh, later in the day. And the first training session, my knee starts to hurt. So oh no. <laughs> um, it was really bad. So the Monday, it started to hurt. And then at the game, it got worse. The Tuesday, it got even worse. And that's when I needed to make a decision of, okay, what do I do at this point? Do I keep playing on it or do I decide to step back? And for me, uh, what really helped is doing a lot of reflection during that time process. So I, I, I did some journaling. I just did some reflecting on if I thought uh, the, the risk would be worth it if I took it. And during that week, it, it was very difficult uh, because I needed to, uh, I did some things just to really get myself through it because it was a very unique opportunity. So I, I went to the physio, I, I took painkillers. I, I, I made it work eventually. Um, but I think every situation is is unique. So you really need to do that reflection and like ask yourself, you know, is it worth it to keep going or should you uh, be smart with things and, and hold off? And I think if it is something where it's more 
of a long-term thing or you have time, there's no there's no time pressure, then definitely hold off, be smart with it, do the recovery because in the past when I've done that, it's always led to the better outcome. But occasionally, there's going to be those moments along your journey where you just you might have to push a little bit more and you might have to take that risk and and that week I did and it paid off. But again, I think it's it's super uh, contextual, so it's unique to the person. And most of the time, you should be smart with things and <laughs> recover and think about the long term. I love that. And I think it's really hard sometimes for athletes to differentiate like how to make that decision or where it is. Yeah. So having a good support system like physios and strength coaches and things like that can be helpful. And knowing where you want to go, like when I see a, you know, a kid in their first year of high school and they have, they're injured and they're like, but I have to play basketball game tomorrow. I'm like, <laughs> you are like 13. It is okay. Like take, take some rest so that you don't have to replace your ACL two years from now. And then you're gone when you want to get to the college level. But then at the same time, when it's like that one opportunity to get a tryout for a pro team, that that's definitely, a, a, you know, a little bit of a different scenario. So it's important to kind of check in with uh, with those perspectives. That being said, I saw one of your most recent, I think you posted it yesterday, maybe um, TikToks. And it was you put like happiest, saddest moment. And I think it was the video or like a photo of you at the Madrid showcase. I would love for you to walk through that. Like what what made that like the happiest and also the saddest moment? I love some context on that one. So the reason it was the happiest moment is because, well, it was it was like the happiest and the saddest moment together. It wasn't necessarily the happiest moment of 2021, but what happened was that week was a huge opportunity where at the end of the week, uh, there were professional scouts and they would select uh, one player each to go and have a trial with their club. And after grinding and after you know going through that patellar tendonitis, I was able to get selected on on that Friday and to have a trial. So that was a super fulfilling moment. It was like I, I really I, I stuck to it. I, I performed. I, I was dedicated that whole week and I was able to get selected. So uh, it was a very happy moment in the sense that I got the trial and it was going to be a huge opportunity. Um, and then the trial that was supposed to take place two weeks after um, I was I was super pumped. Um, I, I did my recovery. I prepared myself mentally like crazy for this opportunity. And then I go and I show up on the Monday and they didn't even know who I was. So uh. I was so, so excited for this trial. And I go there and they didn't know who I was. So I, 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 I tried talking to the organizers. They tried talking to the club. I go back the next day in hopes that now things are settled and I'm going to go and have my trial. And the same thing happens again. They're like, I don't, we don't know who you are. You can't just come and train with the reserves of a La Liga team, which is like a big, huge, huge club. Um, so then I went back the third day, they did some talking and then finally they let me train. But the whole vibe at that point was quite negative because you don't really want, like when you have a trial with someone, it should be that, you know, they're interested in seeing you. Yeah. So you go and, and you know, that's how it's going to go. But uh, when I went, it was like the the opposite. So that whole process was just super, super sad how it turned out. Uh, there were so many lessons in that. And I think it was really interesting to also show the process to everybody watching so that they can be better informed so that, you know, they don't have to go through the same thing in the future. But that's why that picture and that moment was a combination of the happiest and the saddest moment 
of right. the student. Oh, that, I think that's such an important story to share with other people because it's almost like you have these big expectations built up, right? And like, oh, this like is what it's all leading up. It's all happening. And then it like just doesn't turn out the way that you had planned. What was like one of the biggest lessons that you took away from that? So that, because I think it's important still to get like super excited about things, but at the same time being like, okay, like my, mm. not everything relies on this. So I don't have a huge crash if something doesn't, you know, go right. Yeah, so two two lessons come to mind, one more football specific and one can be applied to everything. So the football one is just, I guess this one can be applied to everything too, but make sure uh, whatever opportunity you're chasing down after is uh, credible and it's, um, you know, it's, it's very professional. So you got to look at the people who are running it. You got to look at um, the club, you gotta, you have to look at all the people behind it and assess it to the best of your to the best of your abilities before making a decision. Um, so that was that was really um, that was really big. Uh, but then also, it's hard because sometimes, especially in the football world, you just have no idea. You don't have that access point to understanding. You know how credible is an opportunity. Uh, but that's one thing I took away for for the future is. Just trying to do a little bit more of a, a review or a check-in on the opportunity itself. And then the second one I think applies to everything is when that happens, when you have an expectation and it doesn't go according to plan or when you fail at something, when something doesn't work out. Yes, it's sad. It sucks. But um, you can either just throw away that situation and keep moving forward or... Well, there's a couple things like you can really let it impact you and you can get down for a while and, and that's going to affect you uh, because it's going to slow your growth or you can just throw it off to the side and keep moving forward. Um, or what you can also do is you can actually look back at that situation uh, and, and really analyze it because there's answers in that situation. There's, there's learning points of what went wrong. Um, so there's a lot of information you can take out of that and then Maybe you can even use that situation to your advantage um, to be able to set up your next move. So instead of just discarding it and getting rid of it, try and look at it in a, maybe a different way. Try and shift your perspective a little bit and see how this situation currently that did not go according to plan or um, initially you thought is terrible for you. How can you maybe flip it and turn it into a great situation for you to make your next possible move? Uh, so, so that's another lesson I learned is when something uh, goes wrong, when you wanted something to happen and it didn't work out or when something bad uh, happened, um, how can you still use that situation and, and find the advantage into it and, and keep moving forward and let it push you a little bit faster than if you just threw it off to the side? I love that. And I think that's so important. And again, like grateful that you share that whole process through your social media. So other people can learn about that and learn how they can reflect on that. That being said, what is your, what's your plan moving forward? What's your 365 days to pro looking like? So for 2022, as of now, still using the next couple of days to map out exactly uh, what the first steps are, because it's always going to change. But uh, there's definitely the opportunity in Dubai that's open. There's also an opportunity in Austria. And then I'm currently cool looking at some... Back, I think. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. So I'm currently looking at those opportunities and uh, mapping out some different things. But the first, I want to say six months um, of 2022 is going to be 
really building up to 100% and, and building up to getting as much game time as possible so that it can then set me up to make that transition to the professional level in the summer of 2022 when you have that summer transfer window open up. So that's definitely the plan right now for 2022 is just to use the first six months, uh, building up as much game time as possible, finding the right environment, and then using that that window in the summer to make that move up to the pro level. Awesome. I love that. It sounds like six months of grinding and then hopefully get some sort of opportunity. So I think that's super cool. I would love to know, like, what does a day in your life or like your day of training look like as a soccer player? So it depends in season, off season. I'll just do in season when I was in Madrid. So because I played in the lower divisions, the trainings are later at um, later at like in the evening because some players they either go to school or they have work um, right. once you go up the divisions and it's like professional professional then it's their main job so the trainings are in the mornings but for me it was so I had the team trainings later on in the day uh, which meant in the morning I would wake up I would do my morning routine and then uh, most of the time I would go and do a gym workout unless the body was not feeling like it so that was part of the training routine I would throw in uh, some type of bed tool training whenever I could. So typically I would try and do that later on in the morning after the gym session. And then um, there were other, like there's also other parts of my life, uh, football, like we were talking a lot of football, but also like I had a full-time school, so I would need to study. So that was a big part of my day. Uh, and then also creating content. That's a big task in itself, recording and doing all that. But I would say that was maybe a little bit more of the free time in the afternoon. So a couple hours of free time, I would spend doing content creation, business stuff, school. And then I would start to prepare myself for that team training session. So doing some type of activation, mobility before the training session, going on, doing the actual training and then coming back and um, doing some foam rolling, some stretching before shutting off for the night or doing some more work into the night. I love it. What's that? What's some of your morning routine looking like? So right now, morning routine is a wake up. I do uh, water, <laughs> essential, hydrate. And then I do, I'm right now I'm playing around with the, um, the order a little bit, but essentially it's journaling. So that's always been big for me. And in the last year or two, uh, I do some type of positive self-talk. And then I try and get some, I think we talked about this when you came on my podcast, like the exposure. So I try and go out, get some sun exposure, get yeah. some fresh air into the system too. So that and a little bit of movement as well. So it's a combination of those two things. But right now I'm just kind of changing up the order and seeing what works best. I love it. And earlier you mentioned like you love self-development books and stuff like that. What's like your one biggest book recommendation? If one people can only read one book for 2022, what would it be? There's so many good ones, <laughs> but if, if, if they could only read one book, one book I really enjoyed was Mindset by Carol Dweck. That's a good one. I feel like that's like, that's like the must read because so many other books about mindset refer to it because it's really yeah. like kind of, the, the dictionary for growth mindset. Yeah, it sets the foundation for being able to learn all these other things. Yes, I love that. That's awesome. All right, well, I have three questions I ask every guest at the end. The first one is, out of all your daily habits, which one habit is the biggest game changer for you? 
I would say micro habit. Well, subjective micro macro, but micro habit for me is journaling. So something that doesn't take a lot of time and more of a macro habit or part of my routine is exercising is huge, huge, huge doing some type of training or exercise. So journaling and then exercising. Love it. And then let's say you're at the end of your life, you're looking back on everything you've done in one word, what's the impact that you wanted to have made? In one word. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say inspiring? Does that work? Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. Okay, that's the word. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I think it, it's a hard question to like try to sum it yeah. down to one word, but it's cool to see, you know, like what words come up, whether it's, yeah, passion, inspiring, motivation, family, like, um, yeah. so I love that. Um, the last one is, what does the term all in mean to you? The term all in means that every single day we have an opportunity to go all in, which means you put forth 100% of effort. You try your absolute best. It doesn't mean that things are going to work out or they're going to go perfectly, but you set the intention every single day um, that you're going to show up as your best self. You're going to try and show up as your best self. You're going to put forth the energy and go all in on these different areas of your life that bring you the most joy and the most fulfillment. And if you show up with your 100% energy and effort into those different categories that bring you the most fulfillment, then I think that is going all in both on the day. And then of course you can do that on, on the long term as well. I love that. I think that's the perfect summary of, of all in and, and the meaning. So that's, that's awesome. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your journey so authentically on like, like we've been talking about online, but as well as through this podcast, where can people find you to follow for more? Awesome. Thank you, Natalie. First off, thanks for having me on this amazing platform. I love the all in message. And I also love everything that you're doing uh, with the content and the message that you're spreading. So keep it up. I'm so excited to continue seeing your growth. And so where people can find me is just at sohil.var. So S-O-H-E-I-L dot V-A-R on all the different social media platforms. <laughs> I, I love when someone who's like very active on social media comes on because it's the same answer I give to people. I'm like, yeah, just on all. They're like, well, what? Like Instagram? I'm like, no, like just all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Well, I will definitely be watching for your 365 days to pro. It's been super inspiring. And it's it, honestly, it's been really inspiring for me too, like with coming back from my injury and also inspiring like my content and showing people what my comeback season will look like when it gets to that point once my shoulder is better. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate you putting that all out there. Of course. Thanks so much, Natalie. Hey, I think that the greatest gift in life is presence. So thank you so much for gracing me with your presence of tuning in to this episode. Now, something that I would appreciate a ton and would help this podcast keep growing is if you, one, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media so more people can find the podcast and hopefully we can help impact more people. As well as number two is if you can leave a rating and a written review. That means so much. And once again, thank you for being here.